Welcome back to Sports Talk as we come your way each and every Monday afternoon from Border City L House, 1506 Lee Trevino, along with Adrian Broadus and Chema, who are both back at the 600 ESPN El Paso Lubingo Studios. I'm Steve Kaplow. It's coming your way live, 1506 Lee Trevino. It's Border City L House getting you ready for Giants-Cowboys tonight. The undefeated 2-0 Giants taking on the 1-1 Cowboys in East Rutherford. We'll have it for you. Uh, 6.15 on our partner station, KLAQ, the home of Cowboys football, not to mention uh, the fact that we'll have it here at the Ale House. So if you want to uh, watch the game, you can watch it with us. Win incredible prizes we're going to be giving away today. Thanks to our friends at All That Music and Video. And uh, not to mention, we're also giving away, how about this, Adrian? Tickets to go see Pitbull Sunday, October 2nd at the Haskins Center. Wow, Steve, so some Jason Craig and Pitbull uh, giveaways. Yes. That's awesome. I love that. But you got to get there early to see Jason. You can't just show up for the Pitbull show. You got to at least get there early enough to watch uh, Jason uh, DJ as one of the openers for this show. That's right, Steve. And I, I always get fired up the fact that Jason is, uh, I'm going to call it like he's opening for Pitbull. So, like, yes. I, I love this and uh, all the opportunities he's gotten from this and, and from the other music fest that he's done recently. That's been awesome for our guy, Jason Craig. Hey, as far as I'm concerned, he is opening, right? That's, that's right. To, yeah. That's the way to do it. So, hey, look, we got so much to cover over the next two and a half hours. First off, our phone lines, 505-6009. That's 505-6009. It's pint night here tonight. Three, four, five dollar pints uh, at the Yale House. You can enjoy that. In addition to the Pitbull tickets, we're going to be giving away autographed Mel Renfro and Leroy Jordan photos for those of you here in attendance and from our friends at All That Music and Video Collectors Marketplace. The newly remodeled and uh, larger space at the Fountains of Farah, just below the Best Buy parking lot, we've got some great goodies today. We've got a Dak Prescott and Jay and uh, Jalen Smith Pop Funko. We've got the Giants DVD for their 1990 Super Bowl championship team. We've got a Giants bottle opener. And then, how about this prize that, uh, uh, amazingly enough, I don't even know how he found it, but he did. Uh, Tom at All That Music and Video found a Dallas Cowboys Christmas 1985-86 CD that we're going to be giving away. About that, wow, uh, Steve! I always love the prizes that you get from all that music and video. I feel like you guys get the the most like unique, vintage, retro, oh. throwback kind of uh, you know items to give away. So I love this. There are two songs featuring the Dallas Cowboys and Coach Landry as the performers: "12 Days of Christmas" and "Living the American Dream," both by the Dallas Cowboys and Coach Landry. It also features um, good old days from the Dallas Cowboys alumni, Christmas in Dallas, sung by the Dallas Cowboys. You've got Silent Night from the Dallas Cowboy cheerleaders. I don't want to be home on Christmas from the Dallas Cowboys. Uh, And God rest ye merry gentlemen from the Dallas Cowboys alumni. This is unbelievable. Adrian, I've never even heard of this CD, but somehow, somehow, uh, Tom found it, and nonetheless, it's part of our prizes here for this uh, for tonight, along with a uh, vintage Michael Jordan poster that's also suitable for your wall. 
Well, first off, with that uh, Michael Jordan poster, I wouldn't be surprised to see uh, you or somebody like from uh, all that, uh, excuse me, the Border City Ale House walk away and try to steal that one uh, instead of having a, a winner get it because that's awesome in itself, Steve. And second off, uh, I might have to get a CD player and just listen to that um, <laughs> that tape that you were talking about for the Cowboys because I'm so fascinated by that. Me too. I almost want the bootleg. I want. Yeah. I want to. I want to <laughs> dub it before we give it away. You're 100% right on that. 100% right. Um, all right. Messages already coming in on the uh, 600 ESPN El Paso mobile app powered by First American Bank. Pinky uh, messages us. Good Sports Talk Monday. Is the PCL championship game being televised Sunday? Go Dallas Cowboys and San Francisco Giants from Pinky. Actually, the PCL championship game is Friday, okay? The PCL championship game is Friday night, 8.05 Mountain Time. Now, if the Chihuahuas win the PCL title, then they play for the AAA championship Sunday at 5.05 p.m. Mountain Time. I am not sure yet on television for either game. So I know that they'll both be on 600 ESPN El Paso Friday for sure, Sunday if necessary. I do not know yet about TV. Not yet. So I'm kind of curious about that, though. Good question. Very good question. So, all right. And I appreciate, uh, again, um, you know, some of the uh, questions coming in today on our mobile app powered by First American Bank. Now, let's talk about what happened over the weekend. Uh, We'll start with the big news, which is the UTEP win Friday night that forced Boise into making a change at offensive coordinator, bringing back an old friend, and thus putting their starting quarterback in the transfer portal. This all happened after UTEP's 27-10 win over Boise. That's right, Dirk Cutter is back as following the trip back to Boise, uh, they make a change at OC, offensive coordinator for the Broncos, and then we found out today that once that happened, their starting quarterback goes into the portal. Uh, that would be Hank Bachmeyer, who went 13 out of 34 for 93 yards and a touchdown. By the way, this game, I believe, was the lowest offensive total Boise has had in a game since like 1997. It was some ridiculous statistic, Adrian, about the lack of offensive production. Like Boise never goes under 200 yards, and I think this is like the lowest offensive total in 25 years. Yeah, I mean, just to put it into perspective, Steve, um, you know, just going off that stat, because I saw the same one you're referring to, this was the third trip to El Paso for the Broncos. They scored 105 combined points in their first two trips, and they scored only 10 points this past Friday uh, against the minor defense that has just been uh, stifling as of late. And, uh, yeah, this this loss can completely derail the season for the yep. Broncos. Not trying to overreact too much, but uh, over there well, in Idaho, they are definitely pressing the panic button. No doubt about it. And by the way, as far as UTEP goes, um, we've done some research and digging, okay? Now, remember, you can't count the BYU or Houston games because those were conference games. BYU and UTEP were in the whack together at the time of those upsets. In, uh, I believe, 80, was it 86 or 85 and 97? So um, I don't count those. Um, 
And then also you had the Houston game. That was also a league game as well. So, and by the way, the Miners beat BYU 14-3 to back in, 80, in 97 with Charlie Bailey when uh, BYU was ranked 25th in the country, but that was a conference game. But we looked at non-conference games for UTEP football. Of note, meaningful non-conference games. And you have to go back 55 years to the 1967 Sun Bowl win over Ole Miss to see the last time UTEP has won a significant non-conference game against a notable opponent, okay? Notable opponent. Now, again, you can't count the BYU games. You can't count the Houston game. We are strictly talking non-conference. Adrian, the fact that Friday night sends us back in time 55 years to really the last bowl win for UTEP as their last significant non-conference win is nothing short of insane. That's right. And one of the things that I look at right away with this stat, Steve, is that A, UTEP is just a, a program that historically never wins these kinds of games. I mean, the, the record spoke for itself going into this one. Miners were 0-6 all-time against Boise State. I thought there was no chance. Odds makers thought it was no chance whatsoever. They were heavy underdogs in this game. And the Miners not only won, but they dominated in this one. Uh, I was so impressed by the fact that the defense held the Boise State offense to under 100 yards passing, under 100 yards rushing, and the way that the Miners won in this one. I mean, I even talked to Ray Flores today. Isleta standout, of course, had a great game. First career touchdown against Boise State this past weekend. I got a chance to speak with him after practice today, and he talked about this win being among his, his you know, he grew up a UTEP fan. He went to UTEP games his whole life. He talked about this one being a top five win in UTEP history, and yep. if you really wanted to make a tough argument with that one, you you might, you might be able to make an argument that this is a top-five program win for UTEP, regardless of how good or not good Boise State is, just knowing that the Miners beat a program like Boise State. Undefeated in six games against the Miners. Obviously, they've had all the credit in the world, and they've, uh, their program has exploded over the last 20-plus years. And to do what uh, UTEP was able to do is, is pretty significant. Now, um, in 1979, the Miners beat UNLV 17-15 at the Sun Bowl. That UNLV team went on to go 9-1-2. However, they did not play in a bowl game. They were independent at the time, and despite their record, I mean, realistically, they played a lot of whack teams that year and won, but they didn't really play anybody ranked. So I can't put the 79 UNLV team in the discussion like Boise. This was a notable win for a lot of reasons. And again, when you have to go back in time 55 years to find the last win of major significance, that tells you just how uh, incredibly rough the UTEP non-conference record has been since 67. That's right. And this is, I mean, let's just call it what it is. It's a historically bad football program. And fans cling on to these moments right here because they're bright moments in uh, a sea of just bad football. And uh, for Dana Dimmel, his goal is to turn around this program, revitalize the UTEP football program. Last year, they took steps in, in kind of doing so, right? Because they had a winning season. They went to a bowl game first time in seven years. This year, it got off to a rocky start. Uh, people were already writing them off, saying, how, you know, how can this team 
team uh, come back from a, a great season with all the returning talent and not have this much success. Uh, but you know what? The, the UTEP football team really proved to the minor fan base, proved to everybody out there that this is still a team that can win football games. And, hey, they did so in a dominating fashion. I thought they played perfect football on, on all three sides of the ball against Boise State. And, uh, yeah, I mean, they're, they're bre- reaping the, the rewards of having so much success against Boise this past weekend. We obviously have a ton of NFL to talk about before the game tonight. We also have some baseball as well with Judge Sills stuck on 60 and Pujols going to 700, uh, not to mention all the high school games and everything else that's taken place over the sports world. But we do have some phone calls to get in in our first segment. Let's go to Daniel. He's first. Then we'll get to Orley. 14 pass getting started here. Sports Talk Live from Border City L House on a Monday. Daniel, you're up first. Lead us off. I will. I'd like to give credit to UTEP for playing the game of the century. They played one of the best games ever played. And a running yep. game does help. It does. Uh, there's no doubt. Offensive game plan was totally different than anything we've seen the first, uh, you know, the first four weeks of the season. And I know your call last week compared to now, it's like you're doing a complete 180. But you said if UTEP was to be Boise, you'd call and give them props. And that's exactly what you're doing. Yes, and I'd also like to make one other comment. It's very important. Sure. UTEP laid out the game plan for a winning season and to win a bowl game. If they play like this, the way they did Friday, they will win almost every game and their bowl game. Yep, that's accurate. I don't disagree with that, Daniel. Appreciate the call. I think we all said that. If the Miners could somehow duplicate this effort the rest of the season and, and everything about the way they played against Boise, uh, they're going to be a very, very difficult team to beat in Conference USA. So I'm with you. Let's go to Orley. Next up, quarter passed here on a Monday. Orley, thanks for the call. What's up, Steve? You are, Orley. Well, okay, let's go first with you, Kevin. Great win, solid win. Is signature win. Let's let's hold the brakes a little bit because you're only as good as your next game. Sure. If they come out and lay an egg against Charlotte and Louisiana Tech, that is a great game. But that's just one game. Remember yep. when Rodney Terry beat Arizona State? Everybody was jumping on the bandwagon. Oh, it's the best. This What happened next? We did horrible in conference. That's true. So you gotta cool the week. Yeah, they beat a Boise State. It's a name program. I understand, but Boise's not the Boise of the past. But it's still a quality win. Boise is down. I get but it. Give, you tip. You tip. Give credit. It is a name program. It's a power, a lower five power program. It was right up there. Uh, for them to fire their offensive coordinator within 24 hours, that tells you they're not happy. Get on their website and see how bad they're tearing up, tearing up the uh, UTEP. Everybody is how it was in embarrassed. You know what? It was UTEP giving their hats off. The kids played a full game. No turnovers. Managed the game the right way. So my and they dominated. They also dominated in all three aspects. They dominated offense, defense, and special teams. So that's that is a great tribute to the players. They, they wanted to get it done, so they got it done. Now, let's get to the 49ers. Disappointed last night. Horrible, boring game. Great yep. defenses. Great defenses. Um, I have a problem with the co- the play selection and also the coaching. You've got on oh, it 7 nothing. 
Denver's about ready to kick a field goal from 53 yards out. They get a holding call prior to that. You get a defense that's playing pretty well. Why don't you push them back 10 yards? It'll make it uh, third and 20, and then see if you can hold them. You push them out of field goal range. Well, I don't understand why Shanahan declined the penalty. I would have pushed them back 10 knowing your defense is playing pretty well. Yep, they good point. They field goal after that. Good point. And then you've got other situations. They they look great going down the second drive. Boom, boom, boom. Passing the ball, running the ball. And they went into like a cocoon. And it reminds me a lot of Dimmel. They play not to lose. And it's irritating. Yeah, Garoppolo made a horrible mistake by stepping out of bounds. Thank God he did he threw an interception. It would have been worse. They had their opportunities. But. I still feel they get very – they don't let him open up. Let him open up the offense. I think they play not to lose because of who he is. Got to realize that's the only salvation the 49ers have. Now, they've got the Rams coming up, so they can write their ship this week if they beat the Rams on next Monday night. There's something about Russell Wilson that just has the 49ers number. He's 15-2 and two against the 49ers. After last night. Well, all I can tell you is this: when you and I appreciate the phone call. When you look at, um, you know, that game Sunday, it was a bad football game that uh, was was low scoring because both teams just couldn't capitalize. And Adrian, we saw a lot of that this weekend. There was a lot of football games that just were were not good games. That's right. I mean, I'll, I'll even look at one that ended up being a good game, but the Lions-Vikings game was not a good game until the end. Vikings rally back. You feel like Detroit won that game, and then they come back. I also thought the Colts-Chiefs game was sloppy yep. all around. Just so many bad calls on both ends. Uh, and I'm not talking about the refs. I'm talking about just coaching decisions on both sides. And then that game ends up going uh, you know, in, in a horrible way for the Chiefs they end up losing that game uh, but yeah just not not great games across the board this past weekend I love the Buffalo Miami game but even that one had some sloppiness to it there's no doubt tons of them did hey we'll keep the phones moving right after this Charlie one with traffic then we're back with more here as sports talk continues live Border City Yellhouse getting you ready for the Cowboys Giants here in two hours on Sports Talk as we continue live, Border City L House. Come down tonight, take advantage of three, four, five dollar pints, half pound burgers, some of the best wings you'll ever try, not to mention some of their signature items. They've got pizza, they also have uh, killer nachos and tacos. Hey, you got to do it, folks, and enjoy Giants and the Cowboys. Will the Giants remain unbeaten? Will the Cowboys deliver their first loss of the season to New York? We'll have it for you here at the L House. And- We'll give away all these great prizes at the half. All right, two lines are open. 505-6009 is our telephone number. Let's go to Pat. He's been hanging tight on the lines. Pat, welcome aboard. How are you? How are you, Cappy and Adrian? Doing well, Pat. How are you? Good, good, good. Uh, kind of a side note. Great win by the, by the Miners uh, against Boise State. But um, right after that, of course, Avalos turned around and fired his uh, offensive coordinator, Yep. He couldn't have picked better individual to step in his shoes. I met Dirk when he came off the airport during the Stull era, and uh, Dirk Cotter is one of the great offensive coordinators um, that uh, has been around. And then, of course, uh, Davis, his son, uh, you know, uh, hopefully they'll give him a little bit more of an opportunity to catch the ball. Um, but um, 
I don't know. It's just kind of a side note. And then what's interesting is um, their quarterback went into the portal today. I know. I'm wondering whether uh, Coach Timel will uh, try to seek his assistance. He's not a bad kid. Not a bad quarterback. No, I mean, he didn't play well against UTEP. That was pretty obvious. I don't know where he's going to end up going, but, I mean, think about this for a second, Pat. Okay, let's put it in perspective. Before Dirk Cutter helped turn the Boise State program into a nationally known power, he was uh, Bob Stoll's offensive coordinator here at UTEP in the late 80s. So, he, you know, he goes from UTEP to Boise, launches his career. We already know he's in Jacksonville and so many other stops during those years. And you're right about that. I mean, it is interesting that he goes back. I don't know if this is like when Mike Price tried to come and bail UTEP out the year that uh, Kugler resigned, but it's interesting that someone that had so much success at Boise decided to be the guy to come back in this role to try to save the season. Well, he has a, he has a house up there, okay. And of course, when he left uh, Tampa and Atlanta, uh, you know, his son obviously went ahead and transferred from Portland, yeah, uh, State uh, to to Boise. I mean, he's got a place to stay. I mean, it's his house. So, um, and then of course, his father was a very well known football coach up in that area, and uh, they're kind of kind of followed his, his steps. Sure. So what's interesting also is Avalos. Uh, played for he was a he was a linebacker for uh, Dirk when Dirk was the head coach. I know it's all coming full circle, isn't it? It is. It is. But I'm glad to, I'm glad to see that. Of course, like always, go miners. There you go. Appreciate the phone call. Thanks for getting in. All right, we've gone back in time. By the way, I mean I'm looking year by year through UTEP since they started the program, and I mean. I'm going, you know, to all these seasons in which they either went bowling, had a losing season, whatever it was, and just going through these games, and it just blows my mind, Adrian, how in all of their big non-conference games, and I'm not talking New Mexico State, I'm talking about the other games, they have not come out on top. Not, I mean, you know, 55 years, again, long time, and you look at, they had some near games, David Lee, they almost beat uh, North Carolina on the road when North Carolina was nationally ranked, but they fell short. I mean, the Miners just this this just goes to show you how rare um, a, a win against a quality program in the non-conference schedule is for UTEP. Yeah, I mean, I I kind of remember back to like a couple of the uh, Texas Tech matchups I think you had in the mid uh, 2010s. That's not necessarily that ranked program, but it's maybe a more notable program, especially when Cliff Kingsbury was running things over there with the Red Raiders. It made a lot more sense when uh, you compare those games and and how UTEP was so close in some of those, but nothing even close to this one right here. I mean, I would consider Boise State a perennial Power Five program because if you're going to tell me, you know, UTEP defeats a group, another group of five school uh, who's on the rise, you know, uh, call it like a Cincinnati, call it like a, a UCF, whatever. I, I still wouldn't put hold that game as much weight as this one this past weekend because Boise State is a uh, established group of five program that again is uh, a perennial Power Five school. So again, I, I hold this one so high in my book as far as a win for UTEP goes. I mean, Mike Price had a couple of. Cl- 
close ones, didn't he? He lost in yep. overtime to Texas Tech one year. He had Oklahoma on the ropes but couldn't finish them when he had them down here in the fourth quarter uh, towards the end of his run. I mean, he had his chances. He definitely did. He had UTEP in some of those games. They were just never able to pull the wins off. I, I looked at Bob Stoll in, in the uh, 88 season, and, you know, the one game they played that year when they had that terrific season and, and went to the Independence Bowl and lost to Brett Favre, they ended up playing that year um, against, let me see here, it was the 10-3 and season, and their non-conference marks were uh, Tulsa on the road and Weber State and Mankato State in Southern Miss, or then Southern Miss in the bowl game, but I mean that was really it. So, um, and then you even look at the Kugler season when he went bowling with seven wins, which I believe was uh, 2014. In that season, when they were seven and six, they played they played New Mexico, won that game by three, but lost by four to Texas Tech. Uh, got creamed by Kansas State, and then they went into their uh, then they went into their tournament or their conference game. So it's tough, man. It is tough to find one like that. And regardless of whether or not Boise will finish, you know, with a down year or not, it's Boise State. They went into New Mexico and clobbered the Lobos. We know what they've done. They beat they hung fifty five on UTEP a year ago and beat them fifty five to three. So for the Miners to do an about face like that, it's a big deal. Especially when you think about the fact that the fans were down, people were giving up. They were saying fire Dimmel, fire center. Fan they had what had eleven thousand there on Friday. Adrian, that is even more impressive when you think about how the whole town gave up on UTEP prior to the game. Yeah, we were talking about it at my on minor talk that this is going to be kind of like that boy uh, that BYU game where UTEP upset, uh, of course, uh, the Cougars in that one. Uh, you know, way back, and no one was at that game, but everybody tells you they were at that game. That's going to be kind of like how this one's remembered, in my opinion, is yep. everybody will tell you, oh, I was at that game, or yeah, I definitely remember that, and they didn't actually go to the game or maybe even watch the game, but it just shows you how out the fans base really was on this UTEP football team going into this one and even in the half at halftime Miners were up 10 to 3 I think there was still a lot of skepticism across the board if UTEP could actually hold on and take the win uh, you know in the in the third quarter Boise State drives it all the way they tie the game up 10 10 uh, a lot of fans were wondering oh no is this the point where UTEP starts to spiral out of control and the Miners held strong that's what was so uh, you know impressive by this team to watch over this past weekend no doubt 32 pass we'll get back to the phones in a moment 505-6009 you can tweet the show at 600 espn el paso on twitter as we send it over right now to adrian and get this bottom of the hour sports center update adrian thank you very much we'll keep it moving right now let's go to minor eddie mack he joins us next on the phone lines 34 pass the sports talk continues live from the l house eddie mack what's going on man how are you well this is greg Oh, Greg. All right, Greg, my apologies. What's up, Greg? How are you? Well, you know, you, you know, they talk about how everybody's going to say they went to that game. I'm honest. I gave my tickets to the BYU game away to a friend of mine who's a BYU fan. God, was he pissed. <laughs> <laughs> That's hilarious. Yeah, and I gave, well, what he turned around and did, he got me a T-shirt and says, I'm such a good fan, I gave my tickets away, and all I got was a T-shirt. Oh, 
I love it. I love it. That's that's good. Did you give your tickets away to uh, Boise on uh, on Friday night, or just uh, or did you go or not go? I didn't go because I I was stuck at work. Okay. Yep. Friday night. I can understand that. Friday night's tough for a lot of people. Absolutely. Yep. All right. Have a good one, King. Appreciate you. Thanks, Greg. All right, now we got Minor Eddie Mack. He joins us next at 35 past the hour, 505-6009. Get you through to Sports Talk here on a Monday. What's up, Ed? Well, you got lines crossed because this is Dan. Oh, very nice. Good good job, guys. We are 0 for 2. Yep. Uh, hey, hey, my bad, Steve, on that. Hey, this is, we got like three people back here. We're trying to get the phones going. Sorry about that. I like it. No, let's keep screwing around with Ed. It's good. We'll, we'll – uh, Hey, Ed, if you're on hold, don't worry. We're going to put about four more calls in front of you before we put you on. It's hilarious. Dan, <laughs> go ahead, man. You'll be up. What's happening? Well, Steve, uh, let me be the negative Nancy since that's my persona here. Sure, you you're know, angry great... Dan. Go ahead, angry yeah. Dan. Hey, who did the Miners beat? I mean, I'm glad for the win. I mean, they're back on track. They were supposed to be two and three at this point by a lot of people, so they're on track. Yep. But this is my point. You know, everybody talks Boise State. We're playing a ghost. What is Boise State picked in conference to to be what place? Who? I mean, when was the last time Boise State was relevant? When was the last time they won a ball ball game? You know what? Uh, don't don't impress me with oh yeah, Boise State beat Oklahoma. Shit, that was twelve years ago, man. You know, give me a break. I mean. Uh, it shows that minors do have talent. Maybe minors should play every Friday night from now on. I don't. I have no idea. But you know what? This makes Jimmel's uh, job a little bit harder because now they beat a so-called power team. Let's beat some of the people in Conference USA like this week. Let's make it the first time that they win on the Eastern time zone. That's enough well, for that. What do you think about uh, Aaron Judge doing it tonight or this week? What, what about who do – oh, Aaron Judge. Well, first off, Dan, I will say this, just so you know. I'm looking at all the preseason predictions. They had either uh, Boise finishing second or winning uh, the Mountain West. So just so you know, and I'm, th- I'm looking at some of the notable experts. They had them winning. They even had the quarterback who just transferred as one of the players of the year in the conference. So I'm telling you, it's – I know where you're trying to go with this, but it's still Boise, man. They still hung 55 on UTEP last week, and they were predicted, you know, two or one in the conference before it started just so you're aware okay as far as judge goes um you know listen i thought he was going to do it at yankee stadium i thought that it was going to happen over the weekend it didn't and now we'll have to wait and see if uh, if he can get it done in toronto otherwise you imagine if judge finishes the year with 60 and can't break ruth well i really honestly think that that might happen i mean a guy, can you imagine the pressure that that guy has? Oh, yeah. Everybody's talking about it. But you know what? Maris had pressure. Um, and you think about all the other pressure everybody else has had. Pools has had pressure when he caught fire and got to 700, which nobody thought he would do. So, you know what? Having pressure and being able to deal with it is something totally different. I think I would be shocked if Judge doesn't go yard in Toronto. I think he does in the next couple of days. Well, I think he will do it, but I don't know. Toronto's, a, it's, you know, it's a, that's a weird place to play, and he, I don't, I don't know. I think that he will do it, but he's not. He's going to do it uh, late, late in the season. Uh, yeah. That's what I think. Okay. All right. All right. All right. Thanks, Steve.
Appreciate you. Thanks, Dan. All right, let's keep it moving. 39 past as Sports Talk continues. Here is Jerry on a mobile. Hey, Jerry, what's going on, man? How are you? How you, do- how you doing, Steve? Uh, I'm well, Jerry. regret that I didn't go to the game. I was one of those. Um, but believe me, there were a lot of people that just gave up on the season. Oh, yeah. And, uh, oh, yeah. They did, uh, you know, and, and I, I think well, regardless – Boise, that win over Boise was impressive. However, I'd like to see him beat Charlotte because that'll be another first that they That's have right. never done before. And That's uh, right. I think they're capable of doing it. I really do. I think this win gave them some inspiration, some confidence. And um, I think if they beat Charlotte, you're going to see people back in the Sun Bowl. I guarantee you. Well, let me say this, Jerry. They didn't do a lot to get the fans there Friday. They lost to New Mexico, uh, which they needed, and they lost badly. They didn't beat North Texas. There's a lot of reasons, and they played it on a Friday night opposite high school football, which I know they did for for national television. But there were a ton of people that gave up on this team. And, 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 again, the Miners didn't give a lot of reasons to hang in. But it goes to show you... They do have the talent to win, and when you do put the right game plan together and play to their strengths, this is still a team capable of winning a lot of football games. Absolutely, Steve. And I just uh, going back to the probably before your time to the seventies. We went to uh, to Sun Devil Stadium, and I think it was in the early seventies. I don't remember if it was seventy three or seventy four, and we beat Arizona State when they were ranked, and Frank Cush was the uh, was the coach. We beat him over there. I believe the minor quarterback was Bobby McKinley. Yeah. And I think even Ed Hockley was a linebacker on that team, as well as Tony Perea, you know, the guy that uh, boxed uh, heavyweight here locally and turned pro. And uh, that was very impressive because Frank Cush was furious. I mean, he made him practice after the game. You remember that they had a mountain up there called Mount Tantazona, and he made him run the mountain after the game. Are you serious? So you could imagine how, oh how mad God. he was. That's crazy. Yeah. That is crazy. So that was that was a, a, an impressive win, too. So it, it can be done. I mean, these upsets, you yep. never know, Steve. You just never know. 100%, thing, Jerry. Absolutely, 100%. Appreciate the call. Thanks for getting in. Uh, before we go to break, it's very important we address this subject. Adrian, I've seen so many people that don't believe Dana Dibble called the game plan Friday night. Uh, things have not changed. Dana absolutely called the game plan and pretty much went opposite everything he's done all year, which is why Boise had no clue what hit him. Yeah. But I know people think that this was a different call. Like somebody else called the game. This was still Dana Dimmel. He just completely did uh, a 180 on what he's called so far this year. Yeah, we got that on Minor Talk as well. People saying, oh, they must have changed uh, you know, the play caller role. And I was like, no, 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 no. They, they didn't even change philosophy. They just went no. back to last year, what worked last, se- last season. Uh, and Dana Dimmel talked about this today at his weekly press conference, talking about establishing the best run game that they can, controlling time of possession, executing on efficient pass plays, which those ended up being simple, shorter pass plays, yep. not those uh, deep deep and you know chuck it for chuck it long uh passing plays gavin hardison went 10 for 11 through the air which showed you the efficiency but it was really that that model of hey let's control the ball let's run the ball establish the ground game and uh win it with uh with all control absolutely right absolutely right so anyway we'll keep things moving after the break 43 past the hour sports talk continues live border city l house with 600 espn el paso 
All right, start of hour number two here on Sports Talk. We are live. Border City Alehouse, 1506. Lee Trevino, along with Adrian Broadus. I'm Steve Kaplowitz. We also have Chema here. We have UTEP Zay here as well. And uh, we're going to talk to the two of them and get their thoughts on what happened Friday night. In the meantime, let me get you ready for the Cowboys and the Giants coming up here at uh, the Alehouse. We've got tons of good prizes tonight, including a pair of tickets to go see Pitbull at the Haskins Center Sunday, October 2nd. We've got signed pictures by Mel Renfro and Leroy Jordan. We also are going to be giving away some great prizes courtesy of our friends at All That Music and Video. They are uh, in their brand new digs, Fountains of Farrah, just below the Best Buy parking lot. And if you haven't been to uh, All That Music and Video, you got to check them out, folks. They've got everything. 180 uh, gram vinyl. They've got vintage vinyl, CDs, DVDs, posters, great novelty items. And, hey, we've got some of those we're going to be giving away here. We've got Funkos from Jalen Smith and Dak Prescott for the Cowboys. We've got a Giants bottle opener. We have a Giants DVD on their 1990 Super Bowl team. We have perhaps the coolest item ever, the Dallas Cowboys 1985-86 Christmas album we're going to be giving away. So all that is coming up at halftime of uh, the Cowboys and the Giants, uh, and we'll have it for you. All right. Meanwhile, I want to take you back to minor talk on uh, Saturday night after UTEP's win over, I'm sorry, Friday night after UTEP's win over Boise State. We do this each and every Monday on the show, give you a little sample of what minor talk was all about at 505-6009, our telephone number, 505-6009. Let's get you back in time to minor talk this past Friday. This UTEP football team, I, I don't want to, you know, get too far ahead because this was this, this is the same team that uh, struggled and ultimately lost to a, a let's just call them what they were a bad New Mexico team last week. But this is a step in the right direction for UTEP. This could be that season-altering win that UTEP needed. Let's go to the official UTEP DJ of UTEP Athletics, Jason Craig. The running game, the defensive stops that UTEP was putting on, it, w- it really looked magical to me, like watching it happen. Good evening, Rob. What's going on, my man? You know, the first game there was 50,000 minor fans, but I feel like tonight there was 11,000 minor fans, but those were the hardcores. I just felt so happy that the people that spent their hard-earned money tonight, the hardcores tonight, they got what they, they deserved. All right, next up is Daniel. Daniel, what's going on? Gavin Hardison, gotta give him a lot of props. He looked more uh, in control. He didn't look lost. He didn't look all wobbly. He looked a lot better. Decision making was a lot better from him, from the coaching staff. It was great to see. All right, now it's time to welcome on the co host of Minor Talk, Sal Montes. It's what they should feel like after a win against a team like Boise State. Whether Boise State is bad or not, it doesn't matter. UTEP couldn't beat New Mexico last week, they couldn't beat North Texas week one. Next up on Minor Talk is Milkman. Oh, my God. They, they learned how to use their running backs, and it was phenomenal. Everything everything was great. The defense was phenomenal, unstoppable. All of this, and it was on national TV. Next up on the show is one of our favorites, Ronnie. Ronnie, what's going on? Great scheme by Demo. Gotta, gotta, gotta give it to him. The guy actually, you know what I mean, showed us why he's a head coach in the FBS level, and he came through. He must listen to the show, though, because I've been saying for a few weeks, Less Gavin Harrison throwing the ball is, is going to be good. And sure enough, he only threw it 11 times tonight. All right, next up on the show, we've got Trolley Dodgers, who's calling in. 
the miners came out motivated, whatever that players' meeting was, because what happened in New Mexico uh, should be forgotten and erased from history because that offensive performance was pitiful. But they came out today and they just said, you know what, we're not going out like that. We're on national TV. We're going to show them what's up. Mom and dad is watching. My friends are watching, you know, and, and they came out. Good stuff. Good stuff from Minor Talk Friday night. Uh, UTEP Zay, you were there. You wrote about it. You saw it. You witnessed it. Um, give me your take on the UTEP win Friday. Um, I was I was surprised. I really, you know, I don't want to be a, a bad fan to say, but I didn't expect them to win. But they came out. They they executed the game plan perfectly. And the defense, you know, they got to Bachmeyer plenty of times. And they really made it a rough day for him. I'm with you on that one. Adrian, I don't want to say we called it Friday, but when we broke that game down, we did go over the blueprint of what UTEP needs to do to win, and they stuck to the script. They did many of the things we talked about that, you know, we didn't know if they would if they would implement. They sure did, and they ended up getting the W. I think you get a lot of credit on this one, Steve. Not me so much, because I was way more down on the just overall thought. I thought even if they executed the game plan, it wouldn't be enough. I even thought, you know, all the way going into the second half, I thought the Miners were still going to struggle against a Boise team that wanted to come back fiery in the second half uh, against this UTEP team, but UTEP has shown they're not very good in second half situations, and in this game, they they were perfect, especially defensively. This defense that UTEP has right now has to be looked at as one of the more elite defenses in Conference USA. Well, if you remember, I questioned the Boise offense because they hadn't scored more than 30-something points in a game all year, and that included uh, teams that were just not, you know, they they were teams they should have, they should have hung 50 or 60 on, and we were discussing this game, and I, I just didn't know if they had the offense capable of duplicating what they did last year. And clearly they were so distraught, they make the change, bring Dirk Cutter back as offensive coordinator, and now uh, Hank Bachmeyer goes in the portal. Yeah, that was a bizarre, what a bizarre weekend for Boise State. And and you don't want to say a loss could derail a whole season, but it kind of is for uh, the Boise State side of things. They were so down. Uh, the fan base was so down after this loss against the Miners. And uh, now there's, uh, you know, there's changes up at the top. So you're seeing a lot of changes all across the board. Bachmeyer has been around college football, it seems like, forever, Steve. Yep. And the fact that he enters the portal following this loss, it shows you what the, the coaching staff thinks of him and what he thinks about the program. I mean, no, yeah, they're they're ready right. to move on from Bachmeyer. No, you're right. I'm looking at you know the four years he was at Boise State, and prior to this season, he was averaging about a 63 percent completion percentage. He's never been a huge touchdowns to interceptions guy, but last year, 20 touchdowns, eight interceptions, and then he also added uh, you know another. Well, he doesn't really run the ball much, but again, you know, wasn't a bad quarterback uh, last season, and yet now you find that uh, well. He's looking for a new place to play. Pretty wild when you think about uh, what has gone on since the UTEP win. All right, uh, let's go to the phones right now as uh, we get started. We've got uh, Augustine first up today on the show. Augustine, lead us off on our 5 o'clock hour. Thanks for the call. Hey, Steve. Good afternoon. Good afternoon, everybody. Just uh, just wanted to ask Adrian why was I, wasn't I I included in his highlights because I, I'm probably one of the few <laughs> – realistic minor fans that really think that this, I mean, it may be a signature win name-wise, but we're seeing the problems that Boise State has. So is it really a, a signature win? 
Yes. I mean, yes. Go, go yes, it is. It. Listen, or I listen right now, okay? Uh, Augustine, I'm going to sum this up for you. Over the last 55 years, because we looked, if you take every non-conference big game UTEP's ever had, and I'm talking against group of five schools, power five schools, they've never defeated a team even when they're down, all right? Even when a power five is down, UTEP's not winning those games. So we went back and looked at 1967, which was the bowl win over Ole Miss, as the last significant non-conference win that UTEP has had. Plus, what was the stat Zay came up with about beating a team with a uh, with a winning record? How long had it been prior to uh, prior to Friday? Um, since 2009, since the Houston upset, 0 and 63. How about that, uh, Augustine? They have not defeated a team with a winning record at the time of their game since uh, 2009. 63 straight losses against opponents with a winning record at the time of their game. Wow, that's that, that's just that's just unbelievable. But the thing is, Steve, that I'm one of those minor fans that really I'm not content with one win. I'm not content with going 500. I'm not content with one game over 500 and going to the bowl and losing it again. Nobody I'm not is. With Nobody I'm not, is. I'm not content. I'm not. Nobody is. I'm, I'm, I don't think any minor fan is content about that. But I think that minor fans have been waiting for something to try and jumpstart this season. Something to breathe life into a team that outside of the game when they hung on to beat New Mexico State has played pretty lifeless so far this season. And you want to know something? Friday night's victory over Boise State could be just what the doctor ordered, and it could absolutely jumpstart the rest of the season, especially when you realize that outside of UTSA, the opponents on the UTEP schedule and conference are all beatable opponents, starting with Charlotte on Saturday. They're all winnable. The question is, can the Miners come out and play the kind of football like they played last Friday night? Now, this is a question for everybody, including you guys. Do you think they can? Do you think Do you think the coaching staff is up to it? I mean, they, they haven't showed it. Hopefully they can. But, well, you know, it's not so much it, also the coaching staff. The players, listen, the players executed. No turnovers. They did everything the way they needed to. So it, it goes both ways. Um, I do like the game plan for the coaching staff. The reason I like it is now – Teams don't know exactly what UTEP's going to throw at them each week. I like that because Boise had no idea what was coming. They never would have expected this. So now teams are not going to really know how to prepare for UTEP because they've seen variations and they're not sure what's going to come at them and when it's going to come at them. So in that regard, I like it. Okay. Now, the, the thing is, I hope you're right, Steve. I hope there's winning, but, you know, it takes a lot more than one game and maybe one losing a bowl game do to actually need trusting the coaching staff and trusting more more than anything this coaching staff. But because I still don't trust it, I still don't think they're the right ones for the job. But if they make it, then shut me up, people. Shut me up, coaching staff and fans. Don't shut me up because you know I'm right at the end of the day. You know I'm right, and, and one game. One mediocre season does not define, should not define UTEP football. Man, oh man. Uh, appreciate the phone call, Augustine. Boy, Adrian, um, Augustine is begging, begging to be shut up. 
Yeah, and actually, I think that, uh, um, you know, on to his point about how they haven't really proved anything yet, I actually think that Dana Dimmel would echo those sentiments just trying to keep his team focused. But you want that, right? You want this team not to get too excited, not to get too happy about this victory against Boise State. You want this team, if you're you're hoping that UTEP can return to what they did last year, you're hoping that uh, UTEP can shrug off this, this win, you know, take it for what it was worth, but then get ready for a Charlotte team in which, hey, they haven't won in, in the Eastern time zone in 27 tries. They're 0-26-1 all yep. time in Eastern time zone games. So they have to shake that off too. So one challenge to the next. That's uh, week by week for UTEP football. But I'm with you on, the, on, on Augustine's call saying that, you know what? Okay, great. Do it again. I mean, I think that's fair and I think that's accurate. And, um, you know, I'm not saying that the Miners are going to turn their season around, but what I am saying is they needed something to put them in position, which is exactly what this is all about. Quarter pass, you want to weigh in, 505-6009. Adrian, have you uh, – I'm watching this, this NASA footage of the double asteroid redirection test. No, I have not seen this, Steve. I, I got to go check this out on my end. Have you heard about this? Oh, no, I have not. They're sending uh, um, essentially a vehicle to try and redirect redirect an asteroid on impact. And it just happened. They just impacted in. It's the DART spacecraft, Adrian. The DART spacecraft, which was um, an unmanned spacecraft designed to see if it can throw off an asteroid a little bit so that way it wouldn't potentially impact the Earth. Wow, this sounds like out of a movie or something. This is real? I, I haven't seen anything about this. And it just happened moments ago. Wow. Like, okay. literally moments ago. All right. Well, anyway, that was very interesting to see how that worked out. Uh, so good for them. Hey, uh, in the meantime, we got more coming up, including phone calls, tweets, messages on the app, and Charlie One, who's back with this traffic update. Back here as we continue with some Eagles. 21 past the hour. We are live. Border City Alehouse. No, Bruce Willis was not involved with that NASA thing, Augustine. And by the way, tweets are uh, coming in. Even messages on the app. Here we go. Pinky, why did Augustine make this minor victory all about him? Well, isn't it always all about Augustine? All the time? That's right. That's definitely right. Uh, Lalo messaged us a couple of times. Drove to UNM and was brokenhearted, but what a way to show up and turn it around. Great win. How does it compare to beating BYU in 97 or 85? Well, those were conference games, Lalo. So we talked about this being a, the biggest non-conference win since 67. But Lalo dug up a, a 37-6 win over Northern Illinois way back in 96 when nobody even knew who Northern Illinois was then. And he also found uh, UTEP beating San Diego State. In 06, 34-27, and then uh, a win over Louisiana back in 2008. I mean, listen, no no offense to Louisiana and San Diego State and Northern Illinois, but they're not Boise State. They're just not. It's not the program with the reputation, the name. Listen, when you ask people, who is the best group of five football program in the country year after year, a lot of the times the answer has always been Boise State. They have been a power. They have been to a, um, a BCS game. They won. They beat uh, OU. I mean, 
it's it's no lie when you talk about just how good Boise has been over the years. You know, Steve, when you ask uh, the same question, but in college basketball, who's the best team among the mid-majors, you're probably going with Gonzaga. In college football, you're probably going Boise. It's just the, It just is what it is in college football and college basketball. Now, if you want to make the argument, oh, well, Cincinnati, oh, well, Houston, well, those schools right there, or UCF, those schools right there are all moving up to the Big 12. Boise State is remaining, at least as, as of now, in the Mountain West, uh, so they are still, in my eyes, the best group of five team bar none how about this if you ask boise fans the worst loss in the history of the football program friday night's gonna be the answer probably for the rest of eternity no boise fan will probably ever say that there's been a worse loss in the history of the broncos than friday because it wasn't like they just lost to utah they were outplayed they were outcoached they were dominated in that game i mean it's one thing to lose a game that you're not supposed to lose, but when you get obliterated by a 1-3 football team that was coming off a loss to New Mexico and they do what they did to Boise, that is a, I mean, that is something that I don't think Boise fans are ever going to forget. Yeah, um, in my opinion, yeah, this is one of the worst losses ever. I know a few years back they lost to New Mexico at home when they were favored by over 30 points, but, yeah, this, this was a bad loss for them. Yeah, th- think come on zay it was a bad loss but as bad of a loss as it is with boise zay how it's costing them their offensive coordinator and now their starting quarterback who goes into the transfer portal this is the kind of win that can absolutely change the uh, utep uh, football season now a lot has to still happen they got to go beat charlotte then they need to really go beat louisiana tech but if they can capitalize with those two wins before they come back home they might very well see 30,000 at the Sun Bowl waiting for them. Yeah, I mean, if you if the minor fans are seeing this team, if they can turn it around, they're going to go out and they're going to support them. And FAU is going to be a big game because they're another good team. And if UTEP can beat that team, well, who knows what's next for the minors. 100%. You want to get into the show? We'd love to hear from you right now. Our phone number is 505-6009. That is our telephone number, 505 505- Six zero zero nine. More in a moment, but first, let me uh, bring it back to Adrian because it's that time once again. It is time for our physical athletics fitness tip of the day. What do you have for us today, Adrian? Thanks so much, Steve. That's right. We got our physical fitness tip of the day presented by Physical Athletics. This week, uh, I want to talk a little bit more about uh, recovery. It's so important to know about uh, recovery after a workout. That's where the progress is actually made. During your workout, you actually break down and stress your body, but it's during the recovery process where your body adapts and then gets stronger. With Physical Athletics, you get three big things. Number one, you get access to a strength and conditioning special at all times. Number two, you get a personalized workout plan customized to how you're feeling on a day-to-day basis. And number three, you get education on the best practices for things like nutrition, fitness, and your lifestyle. They're now accepting new clients. I've become one of their clients myself. And they have athletes eight years old all the way up to the professional level and adults 20 years old all the way up to 80 for beginners or intermediate levels. It's never too late to start your fitness journey. You could start it today with physical athletics they've got two locations on the far east side of el paso joe battle and east lake you can get a free one week trial and see what they're about by calling or texting 915-996-4476 that's 915-996-4476 at physical athletics 
Absolutely. As we keep things moving, 26 past the hour here on Sports Talk. Also, time to hand out awards. Let's go through some of the awards that uh, went down on Minor Talk, starting off with our play of the game from Friday night. What was our play of the game, Adrian? Yeah, there's a lot of really good ones, Steve. You could have gone with uh, the Ray Flores touchdown. He had uh, the his first touchdown of his career. I know that one was a popular uh, you know, idea and thought for this game. But, Steve, it, there's nothing like flipping the game with a punt return for a touchdown. 47-yard punt return to the house for punt returner Marcus Bellin. And uh, that one was our play of the game. Awesome. It's a good one. I love it. Uh, each and every play of the game for every uh, week of the season is brought to you by Specs Wine, Spirits, and Finer Foods. They uh, are part of our UTEP First and Ten coverage. And again, if you are looking for that uh, special uh, tailgate item close to the UTEP campus, they've got location 2525 North Mesa Street. You want to learn more, go online, specsonline.com. All right. Time now for our Oscar Arieta drive of the game. Again, a lot of choices. What are we going with here? Actually, I think this one's easy, Steve. Uh, UTEP was up in this game. I believe it was 20-10. to 10. Still kind of imbalanced for Boise State to possibly come back. They get the ball at the 13 minute of the, third, uh, of the fourth quarter, excuse me, and they reel off a 13-play, 80-yard touchdown drive that lasted 9 minutes and 10 seconds. Can you imagine that? Just uh, the, the no. ability to control the clock like that. The play distribution in this one, you had 12 running plays and just one passing play, and the Miners never got off the field on that drive until they punched it in for a touchdown. That was beyond impressive. Uh, that went easily the drive of the game. I love it. All right. And that takes us finally to our player of the game. This is also difficult. There could have been a lot of players in the game to choose from. Who'd you give it to? Yeah, this was the toughest award to give it out to. Sal wanted to give it to Ray Flores. I should definitely uh, credit Sal for that. I thought that was a great idea. Uh, You could also make the argument Deion Hankins could have won this award. 21 carries, 86 rushing yards. But I still give it to the strong point of this team and the strongest player on that side of the ball. Cal Wallerstedt, linebacker for the Miners, led the team with nine total tackles, had a pass breakup, had a quarterback hurry, had a tackle for loss. Uh, He was just simply all over the field on the defensive side of the ball. I was so impressed by the play for Cal Wallerstedt. Congratulations again. That's our Heineken player of the game, and those are our awards that were handed out on Minor Talk following the game. I'll say this. Uh, you could say Cal Wallerstedt's been the MVP of that defense uh, through the first five games of the season, especially when nobody even expected Cal Wallerstedt to be a factor on this defense to begin with. But with Breon Hayward's absence, in comes Wallerstedt, and he has been invaluable to this team. Yeah, a real interesting note uh, following the press conference today, uh, talking to Coach Dimmel. He, first off, he did not rule out the possibility of Breon Hayward coming back. He said, you know, it's been an, a huge loss to this team early on, but he talked about Cal Wallerstead knowing the defense, quote, better than anybody. Can you imagine that? Like, Cal Wallerstead yep. stepping into the mix. He might not be as physically gifted as some of these other players defensively, but he definitely knows a lot about this defense and provides a high IQ. I love that. I absolutely love that. So, uh, again, good stuff. Um, as the Miners get ready for a Charlotte team that's 1-4, and, and Adrian, you look at the way they've played this year, They've had two home games. They, William and Mary beat them 41-24. Like, that's the one game I st- that sticks out to me like a sore thumb. You know, they lost to FAU, one of the best teams in the league. 
They lost to Maryland, to be expected. They lost to South Carolina, to be expected. They, they beat Georgia State on the road by a point, which I'm sure was big for them. But the fact that they lost to William and Mary, 41-24, uh, and they've given up tons of points this year, tells me that if the minor offense can pick up where they left off against Boise, uh, this could be a very, you know, this could be a really interesting game for a UTEP team that has got to build on their win over Boise. Yeah, the Charlotte loss to William and Mary is inexcusable, but I'll give one excuse for the 49ers. They were without their stellar quarterback in uh, in Reynolds, and with Reynolds, he is somebody who's been around uh, this uh, you know this organization for a long time now. I'm talking about Chris Reynolds, the quarterback over with Charlotte. Uh, he is somebody who really was instrumental in their win against Georgia State. That was pretty much a shootout, 42-41. Uh, UTEP cannot win a game like that where it ends up being a shootout. They have to keep it controlled. They have to keep this low scoring just like they did this past weekend. And again, it, it was a lot about the defense for the Miners. I, I know that we, we were talking about the offense. Can it do what it did this past weekend again? But defensively, this, uh, this team is really rounding into form. And uh, they are n- actually right now number one in total defense across conference usa that's interesting georgia state by the way zero four right now in the sun belt that was the one win uh for charlotte so far this season but i mean you just look at who they've played and what's happened and the way they i mean they're a lot like utep would have been had they lost to boise state on friday adrian that's a good point. I also feel like uh, defensively, they're still trying to find an identity. I, I uh, heard Dana Dimmel talk about how they got a new defensive coordinator, so they're still trying to kind of figure things out on that side of the ball. You know that Charlotte's going to try to throw it all over the field against the Miners, and hey, what an opportunity for this hungry UTEP secondary to step up and have another great performance uh, in a game like this. Great way to look at it as we keep things moving right now. Let's go to Jose. He's next on the phones as we continue 32 past the hour. Jose, what's going on, man? How are you? Hey, what's up, brother? Hey, you man, are. I saw that game I was watching on CBSN, man. That was – that's the game that you needed to turn around, man. I mean, I, I just hope that momentum continues, man. It was a it was a complete game. They hadn't played a complete game like that. since Mike Price era. It was it was gorgeous. That offensive line was opening holes. Deion Hankins was running, getting six to eight each pop. It was God, man. This is what we were expecting the whole season. You're right, but you know what's funny, and I talked about this earlier. Mike Price never had a win like this in the non-conference schedule during his career. Neither did Bob Stoll. Neither did Sean Coogler. Neither did pretty much any coach over the last thirty, forty years. You know what? And and I give it up because. I see how Jacob Cowley is doing for Arizona. You imagine if we would have been able to keep him and he wouldn't have been in that transfer portal? Man, we would have been tearing people up. You know what I mean? That's, uh, that I transfer do. portal kind of hurt us, man. But, I mean, hey, we're doing good. Hopefully this is the, the win that we use to turn the season around and we go on a nice little win streak, man. I'm hoping. I mean, that's the, that's the key. Because if you don't win after that, and it doesn't do much good. So you got to figure out a way to build on it and, and get another W. I'm with you on that one completely. Yes, sir. Well, we'll we'll see what happens, Cappy. All right. Thanks, Joe. Uh, thanks, Jose. We'll talk to you. Hey, thirty-four pass. Let's go from Jose to George. Next up on the show, George. Welcome aboard. Okay, okay, Steve. So last week I, I was I'll retract what I said last week. <laughs> I'll feel like a jackass, but you know what? I I, I wanted Dimmel's head, and if he called this game this week, props to him because he did an amazing job. He. Had me. I, I was going into Sun Bowl Stadium, 
saying we're going to get blown out again. This is going to be horrible. We're going to have to leave early because it's just going to be another disappointment. And so lo and behold, we get a, a great victory. Not only a great victory, but we turn the table on Boise State. And, and they were supposed to be the 17-point uh, favorite, and we ended up flipping the script. You know, that just proves my point. You play complementary football. You play to the strength of your players, and, and they'll, they'll rise to the occasion. Now, that's what we need to start doing. Go back to basics. Keep yep. it simple. Keep, keep those simple passes. Keep wearing down the defense because uh, NC, NC uh, the Niners don't have that strong of a defense. The, the, the defense for us is going to have to step it up, and I'm sure we can come back with a victory. I mean, I believe in this kid. They deserve to, to celebrate because they earned it. They, they worked hard, and they bought into whatever Dimmel told them, and, and they went out and executed. And props to them, too, because they deserve it. They do. Uh, that's that's exactly right. And and uh, again, uh, you know, I know you you brought up a point that a lot of people brought up. We've checked, we've asked, we've talked to a lot of people. Uh, Dana Dimmel called the plays in this game just like he's called all season long. He did not give up the playbook uh, in this win. So just so you know, Dana was behind the uh, the play calls in this victory for UTEP. And that and that was awesome because we were celebrating. I mean, I'm a season ticket holder. I wasn't ready to pack it in. Win, lose, or draw, I'm there. Every game uh, supporting the Miners because it's not about how many W's they put up. It's about supporting your team. That's basically it, you know, and that's what people need to understand. If you're a good fan, you're going to go out there, regardless of what the scoreboard is up there, you're still going to support because yep. these, these kids play, out, play hard. They, they play their hearts out. And, and unfortunately, sometimes they're going to come out short, but still, you know, that doesn't deviate from the fact that they work their asses off. To, to be out on that field. And, I mean, kudos to, to Coach Demo, and I just hope he, I hope he keeps them humble and they go out there and, and they just execute and play another well, winning game. If, if not and they come back, uh, fall short, you know, hey, still, man, go back to the drawing board. That, that's what, that's, I mean, I would, I would love a victory, don't get me wrong. But, I mean, whatever happens, I'm still a minor fan. All right. Good job. Appreciate the phone call. Thanks for getting in today on that one, George. Uh, Adrian, it would really would be amazing if in back-to-back weeks UTEP wins their first um, you know, game against an opponent with a winning record in 13 years and 63 tries, and then they follow it up with their first-ever win in the Eastern Conference time zone. If they did that in back-to-back weeks, that would just be ridiculous. That's right. And, uh, and you know, just something to kind of clean up from George's side, I think the, the biggest key to this upcoming game against Charlotte is going to be their pass defense. But George was talking a little bit about uh, how he wants their defense to play better. Uh, I don't know how much better they could play, Steve. I mean, really like can you answer that question right there how much better can this defense really uh perform because i i really liked what they did against boise state i think the only thing that you could say is a get a little bit you know get to the quarterback actually and, and get a sack instead of uh the rec the the record setting 12 high uh you know quarterback hurries and then b maybe you ask them to turn uh, you know force a little bit more turnovers on defense but other than that i thought the defense played flawless absolutely Absolutely. Defense has played flawless. I mean, they held Boise to under 200 yards, Adrian. That never happens. Never happens. They blew out their OC right after the game when the flight landed back in Boise. 
Yeah. It's incredible. Yeah, and, and you can even – like, how would you compare last year's defense to this this year? I was asking that to, to Dimmel today. Um, but, you know, it's interesting because last year had a lot of talent. You had Inyang. You had Caldwell. You had Walter Neal Jr. This year you just have guys who are stepping up who have been developed through the system. Elijah yep. Johnson, Cal Wallerstedt, guys that we didn't really think about even before the season started who have really, uh, you know, rounded out this defense in a positive way. But you know what that also goes to show you? It goes to show you that they've actually built up the team. I mean, you know, the talk was that they're finally getting some depth and they're getting people in the program, and it's not like it's going to be a huge drop-off. And then when you realize that, you know, Praise is not the guy on defense and they're winning and getting it done, uh, that speaks volumes that maybe, just maybe, this program is right now putting together a pipeline of talent that's allowing you to go a little deeper into the uh, the pool than what you would normally expect to try to find guys that can get it done. Yeah, Dimmel even uh, you know characterized last year's uh, defense being more savvy. Uh, that's the the word he used, and he called this year's defense more athletic. And I think the when I think about athletic, I, I think of Kobe Hilton, the lead, uh, the second leading tackler, the safety for the Miners, who is just you know he's he's dominant in the run game at stopping the run in the passing game. He won't let anything get behind him. He's just the guy that you want in the secondary for this young, inexperienced secondary for UTEP football. 100%. Saw these uh, tweets from uh, Brandon Cox. He tweeted us, I think this win will give UTEP a lot of confidence going forward. I think they can finish strong. Last year, they finished the season 1-5. This year, I think it goes in reverse 6-2. and two. Can you imagine if that's exactly what happens and they do a complete reversal of what happened last year? Well, if that's the case, then I'd give them a, a you know a lot more weight going into a potential bowl game because if they have momentum going into the end of the year, that that gives them more momentum going into postseason play and, and a bowl game. It does. It absolutely does. All right, twenty in front of six. We're less than an hour away from Chihuahuas baseball. Plus the Cowboys and Giants going to be doing battle. We've also got the Blue Jays and the Yanks. You want to see if Aaron Judge makes history? Come down with us to the L House, fifteen oh six Lee Trevino. Watch the game with us. Win some prizes at halftime. Enjoy the food, the three, four, five dollar pints, and of course all the atmosphere you get here aboard a city L House with six hundred ESPN El Paso. X minus one with us here as we continue on uh, Sports Talk. Oh, they got a new uh, video that's going to be coming out. All I can tell you is I can't wait to share it with all of you. It was so much fun to see over the weekend. We play them all the time, and now you'll get a chance to see one of the uh, cooler videos from those two as they uh, are getting ready to release it. In the meantime, 10 in front of 6, we're live Border City L House. Cowboys and Giants, less than a half an hour away. Chihuahuas baseball. A little more than a half an hour away. We'll talk to Hags coming up in our final countdown. But let's go to Enrique, who joins us next. been hanging through the break. 505-6009, our telephone number. Enrique, thanks for the call. How are you? Hey, Cap. Thanks for putting me on. Uh, so last week, I called you, and I mentioned about how UTEP didn't really have an identity on the offense. And, boy, did they prove me wrong. Like, it was in the third quarter they had about an eight, nine-minute drive just moving those chains. But even the off, even the halfback and the fullbacks uh, from initial contact were moving that ball like three, four-plus yep. more yards. And it was just a good sight to see. And it kind of makes me a little angry because I was like, why couldn't we have played this way in North Texas? Because we would have been up more on conference play. But this gives me a lot of confidence to know that if we do make it to a bowl game, we can hang in there. 
Well, I'll say this. I thought I thought that between the running backs, uh, you know, Awa was good, but he got hurt a little bit, and then you got to see more of Deion Hankins. I thought Deion Hankins ran the ball harder on Friday than we've seen in a long time. He just looked like a man possessed because he runs such a physical style of football. He tries to run over and through you, and we saw that. And, you know, we've said it before that as good as Awad is, uh, I would love to see more of that 50-50 share of the ball when healthy and give both guys an opportunity to run because I do think Hankins and Awad is the best one-two punch at running back in all of Conference USA. It was a good sight to see, Cap. And I, one last thing, I'll take it off the air. I know we got to take it one week at a time, but yep. how do you think we can fare against Middle Tennessee since they just came off an upset with Miami? Oh, man. You know, it's funny. You don't want to jump the gun too much because, um, you know, Middle Tennessee gets UTEP in El Paso on October 29th. But you imagine getting a $1.5 million paycheck and winning that game. Adrian, that is a huge win for a team that already has road win over Colorado State. Now they add the signature Miami win to their portfolio on the road. And, man, that game uh, in late October is shaping up to be a really good one. Yeah, I think Middle Tennessee fans can actually sympathize with a lot of UTEP fans in the sense that Middle Tennessee's gone through a roller coaster of emotions. They got slaughtered at uh, against uh, James Madison, who recently yep. became FBS eligible. They even struggled against one of the worst teams, if not the worst teams in college football, in Colorado State. Uh, they've struggled early on into the season, but they bounced back in a huge way against Miami. Uh, even at the half, a lot of people thought Miami was going to bounce back, rally back, but Middle Tennessee held strong, and uh, their head coach recently got a, a, an extension, which was a huge issue for a lot of fans over there. Uh, but, you know, the coach went back at all the fans and proved everybody wrong. That, that was a huge win for Middle Tennessee. It was. It really was. And, by the way, what a weekend for Conference USA, right? You look at Conference USA and what they were able to do, uh, that's a really big deal. In fact, uh, you also look at – you know, the bounce back from UTSA, they hung 52 on Texas Southern, which they should be doing. And after their loss to San Diego State, their loss to Houston, and their loss to Texas, they beat Army in overtime, pound Texas Southern, and now UTSA in Middle Tennessee is probably game of the year material, and that's going to be coming up this Friday on CBS Sports Network. I'll still probably take uh, a UTSA in that matchup right there, but it's still really good. I'd still look at that UAB Western Kentucky game, Steve, as, as one of those that I'm so looking forward to as far as upcoming games. But you're right. I mean, Middle Tennessee, after riding the high of, of beating Miami, who's to say the Blue Raiders can't shock UTSA in this week? Uh, I also looked at that Houston-Rice game. That game was a lot yep. closer than a lot of people uh, expected, and same with Purdue-Florida Atlantic. That one was very close. I thought the Owls were going to try to pull off some uh, magic and actually shock uh, Purdue in that game. You're right. Rice could be legit. That I, I never thought I would say those words, but that's another team that looks to be pretty interesting this year in Conference USA. They're 2-2 two and two so far. All right. Hey, we're wrapping up hour number two. Coming back with our final 30. Border City Alehouse. Stay with us. Getting ready for Cowboys, Giants here and Chihuahuas baseball on 600 ESPN El Paso.